You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Clear the aisles, the projectionist has smicha. Well, this is really not a typical episode of the projectionist. We've done 43 of them. This is actually a compilation from our old program, which was called Stir With Love, that we spent sometimes a good part of the program connecting the theme that Yitzhak Kolkowski and I were talking about with films that we thought deepened and embodied many of the aspects of conversation that we talked about in prison life. So we did two programs. One of them was about tough love and how that works in prison. And we connected a number of films to that. Um, Captain's Courageous, the Goldie Hawn, Kurt Russell film, Overboard. Um, and uh, Yitzchak actually brought in uh, The Day the Earth Stood Still. So I would say that you're going to hear a little bit about those those films and how significant they are uh, in terms of the transformation of characters through toughness, and through change, also Private Benjamin as well. Uh, we also did a program about prayer, prayer from a desperate place in prisons and how they work in prison, various religions and how we minister to them. So therefore we decided to talk about <clears throat> the idea of wishing the soul and outright prayer, Christian or otherwise, in film. And we talked about a number of films there as well. Elmer Gantry, uh, the Catherine Hepburn vehicle Spitfire, um, and um, even some films that you might not think uh, fit into that, like Pinocchio, Disney's cartoon classic, um, and also uh, Big, uh, Tom Hanks, and um, uh, also The Exorcist, and other episodes of The Simpsons, and Mary Tyler Moore, where we talk about prayer and who prayer is reserved for. So I think it's an interesting compilation. It's actually a compilation from two different episodes. I think it, uh, we're going to string it together in a nice way. So that's a special bonus of the projectionist. Hope you enjoy it. Find films that have to do, or films or television shows that have to do with the subject we discussed. Sometimes it's like shooting fish in a barrel. I think this one is another one. Uh, you know, the idea of parents and children and and disciplining and and tough love. I think you know it's like shooting fish in a barrel. But um, um, I'll let you go first because obviously you know I've, I've I've got four or five that I could throw out. Is there anything that um, tonight's subject lends you uh, to think about some sort of uh, television program, a film, a Simpsons episode, perhaps? <laughs> well, I, you know, I, 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 everyone knows I'm a fan of the science fiction and there, there's a trope that seems to be throughout science fiction. And even I understand people who uh, take these things uh, as, as uh, maybe having some basis in reality um, and and that's something that seems to be coming out in the news recently about the UFOs. Yes, UFOs. And, yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, there was the uh, you know the it was a theme that was repeated many times, but it was done best the first time. Was the original day the Earth stood still? Basically, yeah, Fatu is there. You know, he's he's showing his his power. He's showing what he can accomplish, but not 
not out of malice, not out of we're gonna we're gonna you know it wasn't Independence Day or the or the War of the Worlds or you know he wasn't looking to destroy us, but he was saying if if we have no choice, you're kind of forcing our hands, and it was a sort of a tough love type of approach, and it was repeated in a lot of other subsequent movies. Not let's just not remind as, everybody that what it what was what what uh, the carpenter whatever it was the guy who came down. I think Klaatu was the was the was the was the robot that could that could that could destroy everyone. The, but the I, robot was Gort. Oh, that was the robot was Gort. Klaatu was the was was the carpenter. Was, was carpenter, yeah. Yes, that yes, was yes. his alien name. And... Right. As my friend Rabbi Bechop has pointed out, I think many people have said that he's the Jesus figure. You know, carpenter um, being yeah, yeah and, al- and also being killed and and, and right. resurrected and right, right, right. He's definitely you know the religious figure, the idea of of of, of, of from God. But and yeah, but in the day the earth stood still. Yes, definitely. Um, um, I think uh, you know. Was it Edward? Um, you know, the theremin, of course, was used. I think for the first time as a uh, as a um, as the score for that yeah. uh, for that film. I think um, it was Edward Herman. I think was the uh, Edward Herman was the was the score. Great, great film. Great choice in terms of. But of course, what they wanted to do was getting rid of. We had to get rid of all our weapons, right? We had to we had to basically realize that uh, we had to destroy all our nuclear weapons or anything, all our whole arsenal. Uh, I think that was what the it was the ultimatum, right? I think that was the ultimatum of the film. Pretty right? much because they were they were afraid that it, it was going to attack them. It was it was a right. self defense interest. Right. Really, ba- basically, but also, yeah. But also, they said that you know we we want to invite you to be part of the the uh, League of Nations uh, of the planets. You know, we we want to we want you to grow and come to the next level of of evolution that you can be part of our society. And not, and not be, uh, you know. And and I I I listen to some of these uh, type of people who who believe in these types of things, and they they suggest that this is part of what's going on in the, you know, there 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 have been a lot of claims that seem pretty credible of attacks on uh, weapons uh, on our weapons from from these UFO or UAP phenomenon that. And not only American weapons, but all you know are that there is there is some connection there. We don't know where where, where it's coming I, from. I, I I would refer our listeners not only to the article, the the spate of articles that are coming out about this, but also a podcast that I did uh, with Rabbi Warch about this topic, about how we could view this topic of of alien visitations and things like that from a tougher perspective. But yeah, I can see the tough love there. It's not a yeah, it's somewhat of a stretch, but I can see the fact that um, you know that, that was the 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 tough love from the from the Federation of Planets to get us uh, and to warn us about that we've got to change, otherwise we're going to they're going to destroy us or we'll destroy ourselves, which I guess <laughs> it's much worse than um, much worse than than anything else we could think about. Just no, like this, spoil, this, spoil. the same theme comes up in Plan Nine from Outer Space, the Cosmic Man, the Cosmic Monsters, <laughs> and that, any number of movies use the same I see. theme. Not you know what? I, I I think the 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 um the celluloid gods are very mad at you now by mentioning these two in the same breath. <laughs> Plan Nine from Outer Space and 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 the day the Earth stood still. It's sort of like the um, it's sort of like you know um, 
Casablanca and Ishtar and this. yes, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. They both have to do with you know, you know, two people you know making their way across some place in Africa. Um, I'm going to throw out things which are really, I think, Yitzchak much more tzimzach, as we say. Um, one of the, 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 you know, this idea of tough love, of course, uh, uh, the spoiled kid who has to change his ways. Otherwise, uh, he's going to just waste away his life and he, he learns to become a human being. And that's, I think, from 1937, I believe, or 38, Captain's Courageous with the inimitable, the most, was the really, the, to me, the top child actor, uh, Freddie Bartholomew. Uh, and I don't know if you've ever, if you've seen Freddie Bartholomew at all, but he is incredible in this. And of course, it also, uh, my father, Ola Shalom's favorite actor, Spencer Tracy, uh, plays the, um, the, uh, not much of a, of a, of a good Spanish accent, but he plays, of course, the, um, the, the fisherman who, um, who, who, who Freddie Bartholomew is a spoiled rich kid whose father is a super wealthy person and he's on one of these uh, incredible Titanic-like luxury liners and when there's a storm at sea he gets tossed over and he gets picked up by this uh, this very rough and tumble shipping vessel and it's there that he has to work you know because they can't send him back uh, for some reason I don't know they you know the, the way the sea is they're not able to to get him back to his parents to his father, but he ends up having to work as like a lowly cabin boy and, you know, scouring the garbage. Of course, it was based on the book by Rudyard Kipling. I'm sure you're familiar with Captain's Courageous. And uh, Freddie Bartholomew becomes a mensch by the toughness. Uh, There's, of course, a, um, a, uh, in that time, there was a um, supporting uh, role was Mickey Rooney. Mickey Rooney plays the boy who is, um, uh, on the boat and understands things, and he sort of helps Freddie Bartholomew learn the ropes and become more of a mensch. And uh, you know, he really has it tough. I mean, uh, you're crying for him uh, when he has to realize when he has to the type of work that he has to sully himself in. So that's one. The captain's courageous. Um, it's interesting that um, there was a script that was hanging around Hollywood for many years. Eventually, um, they re- they updated it, but it was a script, I think, from the 40s or 50s. And when um, a new power couple arose in Hollywood, uh, the Jewish Goldie Hawn, you know, of course, Goldie Hawn, a nice Jewish girl, uh, and her husband, Kurt Russell, former child star in many Disney films, and then he became this rough and tumble action star, uh, was in a, 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 a film, which I think your wife would like a lot, called Overboard. Which is basically the 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 same uh, basic theme of Captain's Courageous, but they throw in amnesia as well in this film. Uh, mm. and, and in this film, what happens is is that um, uh, Goldie Hawn plays this terrible, terrible, rich, uh, uh, total, uh, you know, I would say Jap brat. I don't know if she's ever identified as being Jewish, but she is the the worst type of terrible brat and 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 thinking that and 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 looks down at everything uh and when she goes overboard and loses her memory she ends up um kurt russell who had who had been some sort of worker uh who had done some job on her boat uh, and she didn't pay him because she thought he had done a terrible job um he ends up um somehow 
getting involved with her again after she loses her memory and he convinces her that he's that she is actually his wife uh and 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 kurt russell's children from a previous wife he says these are your kids and she now has to relearn or learn in the first place what it means to care for another person to be a to be a person who cares for another human being to be a wife to be a mother and of course by you know she goes through an evolution of course with amnesia but she goes through an evolution that only the toughness of life and the responsibility of life and living up to things much different than the life she had before changes her into a much better person by the end of the film you know, it's interesting you bring that up because I was listening to Dennis Prager. Speaking about Goldie Hawn, who isn't from, but is Jewish and did have a bat mitzvah, I think. It did go to some sort of uh, Hebrew school training. Um, I mean, come on, Goldie. I mean, come on, you can't get more Jewish than that. Um, Goldie's uh, has another film, which I, I, I recommend, Private Benjamin, which has, uh, I think, in a cat. Um, I think Eileen Brennan also had a stint as one of the original... Um, and she was on some she was on some comedy program, I think originally. I think she might have been in Laughing also, along with Goldie Hawn together, I think. Uh anyway, the point is is that uh I don't know if Eileen Brennan is Jewish, but of course Goldie Hawn is Jewish. Howard Zeeves, the director, of course, is Jewish. And the story is a wonderful story about a spoiled Jewish girl, uh uh Goldie. I forgot what her first Judy Benjamin, yeah, that's her name, Judy, another good Jewish name. Um how Judy Benjamin um ends up you know, again, a spoiled rich Jewish girl who ends up really changing her life and by the milit you know, by going into the army. And uh, she's not pampered there. She has to become tough and she has to learn responsibility. And whatever hijinks ensues, I think by the end of the film, everybody sees that accepting responsibility and accepting pain and, and recognizing the rules and living according to them and, and knowing disappointment when you don't have them and earning things through the, the the tough love that's being demonstrated towards you turns you into a much better person and i think everybody who again goldie hawn does a great job of 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 of, of playing both ends there and seeing that a person who has gone through this is really uh, a much happier much more content a much more solid individual and um you know, i think that that's a uh yeah, <laughs> for me, I guess yeah, you know, that's enough. I think to uh, to inspire us, to, especially when things get tough, like you say, bena mitzarim or not, uh, it's always hard to to, especially when the kids turn on the puppy dog eyes. But remember, when that occurs, I think it's like we have to admit that it really, it, 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 as they say, again, I, I'm not going to say this hurts me more than it hurts you, because that was always was. Uh, what was said, you know, in films and in books. And I might bother to say it too. <laughs> did your your father actually slap you? Your father used to spank you sometimes? Yeah, yeah. But he 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 said, you know, he would use that term. He would use something along those lines. And he really meant it. Like you, you felt it. He didn't, it wasn't cheesy or fake. You really felt like, oh, it it really does hurt him more. Anybody that loves their children you know, obviously cannot see them hurt in any way. And it is something that um, there's a lot of depth to. Normally, you know, when you think about it in a a cinematic context, in many ways is portrayed negatively. Um, And and I think, you know, this has to do a little bit with Hollywood's discomfort with the whole idea of actually religious prayer 
and and in God being in any film in, in any real way. Now that's that, that we know that there is um, you know, Bruce Almighty and Oh God, where you know they actually you know pushed sort of an idea of God that I guess was palatable, you know, and I, you had Morgan Freeman, of course, and and um, and George Burns, uh, you know, being God, as it were. And I think people were, you know, most people were okay with it. But I think normally, you know, that's, I think, the exception that proves the rule. Mostly, I think, in films that both you and I are familiar with, you know, it's almost like wishing is is, is standard. You know, you have, um, you know, I'll take one that um, many people love, uh, Tom Hanks's uh, breakout film in many ways, Big. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it. I'm sure your wife has, uh, directed by uh, Penny Marshall. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's not Jewish, but she could be. <laughs> Laverne, I think, right? I, think I don't know if she's Laverne or Shirley. She's one of the two. But anyway. I, I thought she was Jewish. She seems so <laughs> Yeah, I told, you, I told you she could be Jewish. She's not. Her and her brother, Gary. Gary, of course, is a director um, right. uh, of Runway Bride and, and, and many other, right. uh, you know, so Gary Marshall, uh, his name was Marshak. I think they were Polish or something, Armenian. They're very close to being Jewish, both of them. They could both get away with playing Jews, I think. But Penny Marshall was the director of Big. Uh, and as you know, in the film, uh, Tom Hanks, uh, when he realizes that you know the girl at school considers him you know, too young and too immature and too short, and uh, as much as he has his friends, he wants to be older, and he wishes he was big. Of course, the where he does this is not just you know wishing in some you know uh, some alcove. He wishes to be big, and when he goes to an amusement park, and there's some sort of um, you know creepy type of um, one of these creepy type of uh, I'm not sure what you would call it. You 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 get a ticket, and you know it gives you your fortune, and it's some sort of you know some sort of demon, demonic type wizard uh, that somehow grants his wish. Uh, and of course, he realizes what it's like to be big, and um, you know he becomes an adult overnight. It does a great job, Tom Hanks, really being a an adult, being a child in an adult's body, and everybody praised his his acting ability, his comedic chops, etc. However. Um, you know, it's not a prayer. Uh, e- even, you know, let's talk about the, the one of the most famous <laughs> wishes <laughs> in cinematic history, uh, Pinocchio, right, from Walt Disney. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure exactly <laughs> how Pinocchio has enough life to, to be able to wish, but somehow he does wish, right? And as Jiminy Cricket uh, tells him he can wish upon a star, right? And he wishes upon a star. He basically, you know, wishes to some of Odazara, and he, you know, and, and and he sort of becomes almost a, 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 a real boy, right? So you know, Hollywood was somehow as happy with this, and of course, there's probably about 900 Twilight Zone Twilight Zone episodes where somebody wishes for something to happen, and you know, Mickey Rooney wishes that or something happens, and then he grows so big that he that that he that he falls over from from the giant height that he has, or somebody else wishes, right? Um, so but idea of prayer is is is, is very conspicuously absent, right? You know, it's like the idea of actually praying. It almost feels Yitzchak that the people who pray are are are, are strange and are, are, are and are out there. And Hollywood was was ashamed of that. Um, you know, I I don't know if you know I, I don't 
I think Anthony Hopkins in his Nixon portrayal, uh, I think there is a scene where he's praying with Henry Kissinger. You're aware, of course, about this idea that, that Nixon was praying right before um, the impeachment uh, might have vote. Did you hear about that once? Yes, yes, yes. And supposedly he got on his knees, Henry, get on your knees and we're going to pray together. Um, yeah. So, you know, uh, similarly, you know, we, we, I, 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 with your wife uh, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about the Mary Tyler Moore show. And, you know, the only character I think that I ever saw pray, Rhoda doesn't daven over there, but the right. one who prays is Ted. You know, right. Ted, who's considered the foolish, childish, cheap, um, inappropriate person. Uh, when Murray uh, has a fight with his wife and, and Murray uh, sleeps at Ted's house, uh, Ted prays before he goes to sleep. So, and, and it's, it, it, he's made fun of. He's considered infantile and, and childlike, the idea that, he's, that he should pray. Um, and, and again, you know, we talked in a previous episode about people uh, talking to Santa Claus. You know, um, I mentioned Miracle on 34th Street, I think, that time. And you know, Natalie Wood did such a great job. Um, praying but she's actually wishing and hoping that santa you know and she becomes dismayed because she's a cynical little girl you know you know uh you know she's margaret o'hara's daughter and and and, and i think john payne i think is, uh, is 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 the love interest but you know she's the little girl the little smart girl and she's wishing to santa uh, we're afraid here to you know to to, to refer to it as a prayer uh, natalie would of course in, in a later role um when she plays uh, Louise, uh, later to become the famous uh, <laughs> a burlesque stripper, Gypsy Rose Lee, in the in the movie version of of, uh, of Gypsy, uh, she also has a wonderful scene, Natalie Wood, where she's wondering she's it's her birthday, and everybody has Rachmanis on her, and and they give her a little fish for her birthday or they give her a little lamb and she says i wish i wish i hope i'll get my wish right wishing is great but praying davening finding a god to connect to somehow that that hollywood was, was extremely uh, anxious about that all right except except i i guess only the horror films might be a little bit different right that that that's it, it it's a fascinating thing how there is it's not always prayer in the way that we would think of it. Sometimes there is that element, but there is certainly a much more of a comfort with religious elements in in the horror films. Although there, there was backlash on those as well, always. But you know, it, I, I think it goes back. Maybe might disagree, but I think part of this really goes back to even the Renaissance or medieval times. If you, you notice Shakespeare, you had no issue using like the real old fashioned of pagan of Vitazara. You know, all, you know, a lot of, first of all, a lot of the characters were pagan, you know, King Lear or whatever, they were from the pagan era. But as far as the, what I understand was the reason for that was because it was taboo. The, the, the clergy would be upset if you're going to make reference to 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 you know anything that they actually worship in in their traditions. I'm not sure if that's well, listen. What you're saying is probably accurate to, about Elizabethan times and what Shakespeare had to deal with. It didn't seem to me that the 20th century Jewish moguls that were producing the films well, in th- Hollywood. I think, were, I think they were afraid that they're going to be accused of blasphemy because it's not just their own cynicism about 
religion and prayer as much as that they're because you know they they weren't they were not christians they were they were mostly jews uh, they might be accused of you know when however they're approaching it of something that is you know uh, offensive in some form because of that and so they it winds up you know you didn't have the cynicism as much though earlier on as you did later there was this i you know there was this wholesome church going idea you know when you're talking about 1970s already and ted baxter on the mary tyler moore show that that was already an era when you know people were were not as you know it was in the 60s and 70s people yeah. you're were, right were i, I lived that era and you're right being religious then was considered somewhat odd but i think even in the 20s and 30s you know, we talk about the horror 20s films. The 30s also was, was a time. That... There was a rise of spiritualism, yeah. but actually a decline in organized religion. Yeah. And, and there, the was, there, was, also... there was everybody, people wanted to connect to the dead. You know, Arthur Conan Doyle was very into uh, seances and things like that. Um, and, 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 uh, and Houdini, who grew up, uh, you know, with a father who was a right. rabbi of some Right. So, right. So these were these were like again, you know, <clears throat> like I think sort Houdini of like, even put on filling every day, but he was very, you know, he was very involved with with seances. And, right. So this spiritualism was taking the place, you know, b- you know, before the the world wars or in between the world wars, uh, of, of of organized religion, and and somehow that I think is what Hollywood was was more comfortable with. You know, I, I saw a, a film. You know, you know, one of the films I've I've tried to get you to watch is Elmer Gantry. I've mentioned it before, and of course, there you have, um, you know, a, a faith healer, uh, you know, played by incredibly by Gene Simmons, who you know starts believing in her own powers of prayer. Um, you know, Burke Lancaster plays obviously a uh, he plays Elmer Gantry, who's who's quite cynical, but you know is, is is basically you know going along for the ride. He 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 himself has an inner connection to prayer because he it's got an energy and excitement that he likes the church and the singing but you know there's a hollowness on his inside whereas in the gene simmons character uh she actually sharon falconer she believes that she actually is an agent of god and there are a number of scenes where um you know she actually at the revival meeting where she is praying and she prays over someone and she's able to heal somebody uh, and the person is no longer uh, crippled. He was able to walk now because of her. And however, you know, you deal with these phenomena, um, you know, again, the film, you know, it, 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 you know Richard Brooks, who, who directed the film, it really is a, 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 it really is something to think about because in Hollywood, at the, even in, that was 1960, um, but, it, you know, was, was sort of like, uh, we're not sure exactly what we're going to present here. Uh, the church, of course, banned the film in, in many places uh, because of its cynicism towards religion. Um, you know, I, I saw another film about, which I was very surprised about. Uh, I think I mentioned it to you a couple uh, in a, a previous conversation. Uh, I think you knew about it. Uh, it was one of Catherine Hepburn's early films called Spitfire, uh-huh. where she... Um, she plays a backwoods uh, Ozarks girl, or uh, somewhere in Tennessee, and and the the TVA, you know, Roosevelt's TVA is building a dam near there, and they're hiring some of these backwoods people and giving them jobs. But in the backwoods, there's this girl, and it's based on a play um, written by a woman, um, and 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 Catherine Hepburn. This is 1934. Uh, she is able. 
you know, they consider her a wild hillbilly girl. And um, she has a hard time keeping that southern accent out of her, <laughs> out of her northeast, uh, you know, where she came from. But the um, Atlantic accent, yeah, yeah. But it, it, again, she keeps. I, I don't know if it's the South. Her accent is was only mildly, I think, worse than mine before. <laughs> no, you you did a good job. That was yeah. it was too good. Yeah, but anyway, um, yeah, I was better than Kate. But Kate, but Kate in in this role, you know, she was young. Um, she was in her in her twenties, I think, when she made this, and she she's she's supposed to be playing an eighteen year old girl who is a a spiritual dynamo, who even though you know she's a you know, she's unlearned, but somehow her prayers work, and somehow she has these cards that she stole from the church, these 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 cards with images of 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 uh, that when it comes to the horror movies you know there is that spiritual element that comes out you know there, there's no issue with you know scaring away dracula with the cross and even even in a science fiction movie like it's considered even though it's not really one of my favorites but it's considered to be one of the greatest of the science fiction genre of the 50s was war of the worlds and it ends off with you know they're they're go they're going through, he's going from one church to another looking for this woman, um, uh, you know, and and, rec- and they recognize that it was pretty much the power of their prayer that saved the world from, from the Martians at the end, you know. So there is, there, it comes up every now and then in places where you don't expect it. And it's, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's part of the... Well, again, you know, we, we talk about probably it's time. It was such a... Um... It was probably one of the most famous films. I mean, it was it was so incredible. Everybody was watching it. Of course, was The Exorcist, which um, you, know, uh, you know, there you have a, you know, a demon that possesses someone, and of course, the you know, he's not the hero, but in a way, um, he is. Right, Father Carrot. What's um, right? There's Father. There's a number of, of, of fathers there. Right. He's the the. Um, what, Again, it's one I never actually saw, but I, I'm familiar with it. I remember reading that the the author of the book that it was based on said he did not consider it to be a horror genre story, but rather a, a spiritual one in a true in a true spiritual religious sense, you know, of uh, expression of faith. And uh, so you know, it's it, and sometimes when people are in trauma i guess to go back to how we started i i i often think about there was a a a scene on the episode of seinfeld where george is is sitting with his therapist and he said he tells the therapist god will not let me succeed and the therapist said george i thought you told me you don't believe in god he said well i do for the bad things it's back (laughs) to the whole there's, there's no atheist in a foxhole it, it and and it's unfortunate that's how people you know they associate religion and god with the bad things you know or and it's it's well not you're how it's I, supposed to be. yeah I, look i i think oh, unfortunately our people have been many ways been the skeptics right you know the yeah. you know we've always been the skeptics even in the exorcist uh there is a character dr klein <laughs> who is the one who's uh, scientifically trying to figure out what's wrong with Regan. And, uh, you know, I think, I think he gets beaten up, I think, by 
<laughs> I think well, it's beat, beaten up by Linda Blair. So the point is, yeah, I'll, it's t- a, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, you know, I think you, you said, you know, Rabbi Bart Sadok, who, who I met a few times. And he told me he he's a, he's actually performed exorcisms. He was he, he was he got rid of the book and people and, and, and it, he knows, you know, the Kabbalah behind it. Uh, Lemaisa. And he's he's involved. Yeah, in such well, a, we can get him. Let's let's get let's get Rabbi Bart Sadok. He told me he told me that one time it was a a Jewish you know uh, you know ethnically Jewish atheist psychologist who asked him to perform an exorcism on a patient of his, and he said, "Why why are you asking me this if you don't really believe in it?" And he said, "Well, he said I, I think it'll it, I think it will you know help this this person." You know, psychologically, even though I think it's it's all nonsense, but it, if this is going to be in her mind, and then the psychologist was shocked to see that this was real, that the the person's voice actually changed. It was something clearly supernatural was happening right before his yeah, eyes. Well, look, I, you know, Yitzchak, you know, Yitzchak, I think you know we can end up with this. I think there there are so many proofs to um, the supernatural phenomena. Uh, you know, whether it's you know, and and, and there are. You know, you can debunk only so much of them. There's enough indicators of that oilam that we know is oilam aruchne, oilam amalochim, the oilam, whatever oilam as it is. What's incredible is, despite all the various proofs of it, um, to make that leap beyond um, is still so hard for so many people. And the fear of actually being macabre, that there's not only just that world, but a world that is run by a boyre, by a creator, who is there, and as we said before, as you said so greatly to that Baptist fellow, is there to accept you and accept you lovingly and, and, and can help you, can help you out of any tsar as a rock and a redeemer. That's it, my friends, for about this week, this extra long episode. Um, keep Davin, of course, all the time, not only the the, 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 the Shemayin Esrei three times a day, but also don't be afraid to have your own Nishoyos, your own Tfilis, your own Tfilis and Bakoshas. Um, uh Rav Nachman and 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 be inspired. Be inspired. Take care, Yitzchak. We'll see you. Yeah. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.